Time flies by when you're the driver of a train. And you're in and out of Trumpton smuggling out cocaine. It's Morgadon Central here today, mate. <laughs> That's right, mate, but I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> the sausage! Hello, it's Martin Holmes, ladies and gentlemen. A big round of rapid machine gun fire, please, for Martin Holmes. Christmas sausage! It's a Christmas banger. <laughs> We've unwrapped our sausages. <laughs> We've stuffed them in the oven. We've waggled them around the turkey. <laughs> and we're all sat in the same cell at the local police station now. Pull, pull the cracker this time, no? Pull the cracker. What are we going to talk about? What, what are we going to talk about? Well, well, you see, it's an exciting moment, this, because it's Christmas and I like giving everyone a present. Because I can't gonna... guess. You see, I can't guess because I'm, I'm not a fortune teller who can predict the future. <laughs> Are you not? Oh, well, let's go back to the time when things were black and white. In glorious black and white. In glorious black and white and mono. Yes. So <laughs> what are we going to talk about, Warren? We're going to talk, talk about, about some films. Let's mm. talk about the 1955 Quatermass experiment. You see, we said the Q-word. Q-word. Oh, Oh, we love the Q-word. Ah, we love the Q-word. But the the, the E is missing from experiment. Oh, well, that's... Experiment. X. Is it it true that it's the first X film? It is the first X film. So unless you're over the 16 or over, you cannot go on and see this film. Allegedly. (laughs) It is terrifying. I'll tell you, when I, when I, I knew we were going to, because I did really know we were going to do this, let's be honest. I, I, I watched them both again. Uh, I'd, I'd watched them quite recently, and I watched them both again at the weekend. I watched them back to back, and I I, I learned something. I learned something, which I'd, I'd not really previously realised, is that my go-to Quatermass film is uh, Quatermass 2. I, I go and, you know... When I want to watch a Quatermass film, I generally go and get Quatermass two of them. And I watch them back to back and I realised something is that I actually preferred Quatermass experiment this time around. Really? I actually thought it was a I yeah, I thought it was a it was a cracking film. It's a, and not I'm not saying it was a better film. Yeah. It, but it, I just enjoyed it more this time around. It was it was it was such a tight I mean it's more eighty minutes. It's an absolute tight taut and terrifying hey, three t's horror film and it's just really really good yeah i think the problem with quatermass 2 it can fall into the typical b movie it can be titled b movie because it's the body snatchers enemy from space enemy from space living in a big dome quatermass mm. is the, the the issues brought back to the planet mm. and it's the actual, oh, I have to say this. Richard Wordsworth mm. as Victor Caroon. Mm. The first time I saw his film, it gave me the shudders because mm. he's so gaunt and the makeup. Uh, and I've later found out how they how they do the makeup mm. with, with, with a sheen that, material. The close up on the skin. The, yeah, and the plastic, yeah. the plastic mm. on the skin. Yeah. Mm. They invented clip film just for this film. They did invent this. And considering it was done for next to nothing as well, this film, I think it it stunningly has more value than Quatermass 2. Mm. I prefer it to Quatermass 2. So, Mm. ah, but But like I say, until this time, it's frightening. 
I've always assumed that the Quaid Master 2 was the better film until watching it again. And I just realized on its own as, as you know, Quaid Master Experiment as a film is just it's it's a masterpiece. It really is. I know that people can can throw these the bandy these words around far too much and you know even i do and and maybe you know if you look at certain aspects of it now you just think oh it's a bit cheesy and everything like that but there's so much influence now you could argue it's got a lot of roots in uh frankenstein the uh, yeah. universal frankenstein i mean certainly the jane asher sequence is very yeah so it's reminiscent of that but but you actually look forward to films like evolution later and that scene in the lab with the um the, the fragment of the monster in the in the tank breaking out and going Gro- across the growing road. across yeah, yeah that, that that's a scene that's you know almost sort of beat for beat in in evolution so you know it's a very influential film and a lot of american filmmakers cite the two Do you uh, know i was about to go a lot of horror writers yeah. cite quatermass experiment quatermass well, in the pit yeah as, as as being you know the sort of pinnacle of, of oh, british yeah. science fiction and they, and they used to do quite good business in the drive throughs didn't they? Oh, sorry the drive-ins yeah. the drive throughs <laughs> drive through that was a quick film dear did you enjoy your sausage <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but uh, yes, also it's the roller skating delivery people and putting the tray on the side of the car. That was a different kind of thing. But uh, no, the, the drive-in uh, cinemas in, in the 50s. I mean, the, although obviously films like The Blob as well sort of came along and everything like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, people like John Carpenter, even uh, I think Spielberg, yeah, has, have both mentioned the Quatermass films from the 50s, the black and white Quatermass films as being big influences on them. The object was first sighted at about 9.15 this evening and its approach was widely observed over the southern countries. A statement just issued by the Home Office stresses that there is no general danger. Members of the public, however, are warned to stay away from the area. It's an amazing film that started, which actually, it's based on the TV program, as Mm. the majority of people will know, written by Nigel Neal, and Nigel Neal detested the film. He absolutely detested the Quatermass experiment because he wasn't allowed to write it. There's a lot of uh, politics, wasn't it? He, they, the yeah. BBC, BBC sold the rights to it under his, well, from under him and basically said he was a staff writer and he didn't yeah. own it and all this kind of thing. And, and years of curmudgeonliness later. Which describes the BBC as bastards anyway. Um, but So there was no love lost there. But no. yet he, he had an input into, well, he wrote Quatermass 2, the, the yeah. film score for Quatermass, film score, the film, the, the, the film script for Quatermass, yeah, yeah. screenplay yeah. for, for Quatermass 2. Mm. They are two different films with the same character, lead character. And the same director as well. Yeah. Uh, but I think the, uh, the quality of experiment way outweighs Quatermass 2. We have the wonderful. They make the most of the cam, um, uh, the the Shellhaven oil refinery, and there's some lovely shots there. Very much, almost shot for shot, sometimes. Yes. Of the BBC production. It's the so, same location and yeah. the same camera angles and and, and, yeah. and, and very very similar uh, outfits and very similar staging. But uh, yeah, it's and it's a lot pacier. But generally speaking, that you that episode from I think it's episode three is it that where yeah, most of the shell stuff happens is pretty much shot for shot just a lot slicker and a lot tightly edited because they could because they did it as a film but um yeah uh, quite a nice experiment 
particularly what I think it does uh, in in a way that when you when you are a writer adapting your own material, you fall in love with certain sequences and you fall in love with certain characters, and it's more difficult, I think. Whereas if with quite my experiment, what you've got is somebody else saying, "There's a six part serial. I'm going to throw away all the chaff, and you just get the core." adventure story in the middle of it and it's a it's a cracking script corker it really is no from the moment that it lands in that field literally Mm. from the moment it lands in there because you're unaware of what it is when it lands in that field Mm. you've got the you've got the people making whoopee in the hay well you get i mean you get uh, the entire opening episode of the serial is about the first 10 minutes of the film isn't it it's you know it's it's very very tall i was i was one of the things I was going to say to you is that apart from the weirdness of the opening, which is just that couple who do nothing but laugh at each other, <laughs> which is watching it now, I just thought I'd not remembered this because so much happens after it that you almost forget that. And, and they and the and she and he goes, look, and then points. And I'm, <laughs> th- I'm thinking if they can see it at that point, there is no way on earth they yeah. can get to the house in time, because by the time they get into the house, find her dad, say there's something outside side whoosh bang clap. they do say that if that, if they don't spot that meteorite till the last moment it's, it's about 12 seconds from the outer atmosphere <laughs> to the ground <laughs> but they run into the house and the house does the collapse around them and everything like that and it's but, uh, and we don't get uh was it not, not is it hilda hilda barry is it hilda barry oh uh, no, no it's not hilda barry no, no. hilda hilda barry was it's hilda baker that hilda much baker quite past two wasn't she Yes, that's right. Yeah, but you just don't, you know, you don't get the uh, the. It's a little. It is a little. little old lady. It's the little old lady from the Lady Killers. That's right. Yes, that's right. We don't with we don't her get, cat. Yeah, but we don't get that scene. But we just get the yeah. sort of house very effectively collapsing around them, and uh, obviously you get this. And they also they all survive because they are being treated by the ambulance people later. What so. makes me laugh? He sat there having a smoke before yeah. the ambulance <laughs> arrives. Gives him a cup of tea. You'll be all right, Dad. <laughs> He's like having a fag. I'm fine. Half his skin's hanging off the left hand side. I'm all right. I've got my senior service on the go. But what gets me is, and what struck me immediately is when that with that film opening is it's the pace of it. The pace, the pace, the pace, the pace. Oh, it takes off. Takes off. Breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking start to a film. And then of course you know uh, there's no fat on the film at all. No, absolutely not. I mean, in the second one, you get a similar opening. You get the sort of the car crash or near car crash. But that actually then does that as a pre-credits, which, again, is a slightly different way of doing it because the Quaid experiment doesn't do that. It just, bang, there's your title card, bang, you're into this film, and you get the stranger giggling couple, you know. Well, it's it's, it's a softener before what is to come. And, and then said, that's a gentle pace, and then all of a sudden you're holding on to it and you're following that. You can't take your eyes. I can't. Can you imagine how people in the screen, uh, in the cinema, looking up at that large screen, once it takes off? Now, mm. that, that I, I should imagine the majority of these people watched it on that tiny sort of 12-inch screen in mm. the corner of the room on their television set when they watched the original TV mm. serial. But now they're sat in awe looking at this screen with yeah. the loud noise coming in. Yeah. And it's just that whoosh of the motor of the rocket, the explosion. Yeah. And then the story just runs hell for leather. To, yeah. to such conclusion. a conclusion, yeah. yeah. Where's Green? Where's Reichenheim? What happened? Please, not now. Thank you, He's in no condition to talk. He's in too severe a state of shock. He must be treated. He's got to talk first. He's got to tell me what happened. Gordon. <laughs> what is it, Victor? What is it? 
He said, help me. That's all he said. Help me. We should address the elephant in the room of of our beloved professor i was i was worried about discussing him as a an elephant um but <laughs> right the 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 dips the dipsaholic in the room of <laughs> yeah i was gonna go no. <laughs> yeah the, the the person who we're talking about brian don levy mm. there's a lot i like brian don levy in this film mm. I don't know a lot of people, for a lot of people who, who this was their first experience of Quatermass, a lot of Americans specifically really, really think that that, that that's their favourite take on the character. I mean, Nigel Neal described him as a bawling bully uh, in in his uh, sort of, uh, preamble to one of one of reprints of the scripts. They reduced my 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 beloved professor to a bawling bully, but actually, I think within the context of these films, it works very well. It does. Uh, yeah. We don't I have time that, for that developmentation of the character. That really, really snappy sort of no nonsense. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to do this approach. It's actually incredibly effective to get this story jogging along. There's no room for doubt. There's no room for, oh, did oh, I get it wrong? Oh, and all well, that. He's a man you know, under pressure, isn't he? Because he's lost this rocket. He's And this is this. He's watching his entire career in a field upside down. He's not yeah. upside down. The rocket's no. upside down. This could explode. Mm. He's probably had sleepless nights. People uh, will get hurt, blame him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's going to... Well, he's, everything that he's worked towards will just dissolve in front of him. Mm. And so will he as a person. And he's, I think, well, he's put a lot of himself into the project, hasn't he? And he that's, that's too much into, I think it becomes mm. evident that he's put too much into it because then he gets blinded by his project. Especially when they're having that conversation when he's when Karoon's in the lab. Mm. Victor Karoon's wife's there going, there's nothing but the world of Quatermass. You've done this to him. He'd have been better off if he'd been killed or stayed out there. Judith. You've destroyed him like you've destroyed everything else you've touched. Destroyed him? I've brought him back. I've saved him. Saved him? For what? For further experiments? I can help him more than you or anyone else can. There's no room for personal feelings in science, Judith. Some of us have a mission. You should be very proud to have a husband who's willing to risk his life for the betterment of the whole world. What world? Your world? The world of Quatermass. I've sent for an ambulance. He's going to the central clinic. I think it helps that the performance is completely different to Reginald Tate's. Well, it's, it's a very it, it's a very stilted and very clipped uh, and very emotionless performance. But I, again, I do think it works incredibly well. You know that thing about the they said to George Lucas about you know you can write this shit but you could sure as hell can't say it there's yeah. some god-awful lines for him yeah. to say in this and i mean like you say the one I, I picked up on earlier you know the i'm not a fortune teller who can foretell the future <laughs> <laughs> and you just think well whatever it is it's not quite foretelled is it but uh, you know but predict, bro, 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 yeah. i'm not a fortune teller who can predict the future i mean because nobody <laughs> would say that you'd either say i'm not a fortune teller or i can't predict the future but yeah but whoever but wrote that line because it just sounds like that's I'm just going to ram home the point there. I think if are you assuming that people might not know what a fortune teller is, <laughs> and maybe that's for the American audience. Perhaps he's got crystal balls somewhere. Well, um, it's just a very weird line because uh, it's yeah. actually when they're in the little uh, VW camper. I haven't realised VW campers have been around that long, but when oh, they're all wow, sort of yeah, travelling. No. 
travel fun, to the Funny question. enough, I look at it and I, the first thing that ever came into my mind the first time I saw this, I went, oh, I wonder if that belonged to the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible thing. To, I was looking for a little swastika on there because I, and then they say they were from the Ministry of Defence and I was thinking, I wonder if they stole it from Germany and brought it back. Like like the rocket scientists. Oh, yes. Yeah. We've got all the rocket scientists, but we've got them in this single van. I like it. It's a camper van, isn't it? It's not actually a van. It's a camper van, which makes me laugh even more with a whacking great aerial on the roof of it. But I, I've never, ever seen a VW camper van like that in a science fiction movie ever. And that was like, wow. And then he's he was sat there. You got Lionel Jeffries sat next to him. Yeah, yeah there's a great cast in this. Isn't Fantastic there? cast. And you get Dixon later on as well. You know, oh, yeah. Jack Warner there and it's uh, uh, it's interesting that Jack Warner doesn't return for the second film because actually the policeman's role is expanded a great deal for Quatermass 2 yeah uh, he, he gets a lot of you know a lot of yeah a lot of the um, other sort of characters get compressed into Inspector Lomax for the second half of the story and it's actually quite a big ro- I was surprised how big a role it was in the same film I thought he just basically in the second film he just Inspector Lomax says sorry can't help you and you never see him again and of course I, you know there he is and he's it, actually yeah. throughout the entire plot for the second part. So you think, oh, they could have got Jack Warner back. That would have been, that would have been. But it would have been fabulous. But by then he would have been, he would have been doing Dixon, wouldn't he? he? So. Dixoning every week. Yes. But they got, they got him because he, he was on contract to, to Warner Brothers at the time. Mm. So they were very lucky to get him. Inspector Lomax. I'm Lomax. This is Sergeant Best. Won't you sit down? I'll come direct to the point, Inspector. I will not have your men coming into my research center and treating Victor Caroon as though he were a pathological criminal. Nobody He's a sick man, Inspector. He's been through an ordeal that very few men could survive. Two men didn't survive it, did they, Mr. Quatermus? What exactly do you mean by that? I wish you'd sit down. If I sit and you stand, I'm being rude. I'm, I'm longing to sit down. Um, just to come back to something that you mentioned about Don Levy's portrayal mm. and, and the way is so when it gets to the point where you've got to ramp up the tension and say the world could end because of this creature mm. don levy pulls the goods out and that's why Ooh. it helps it helps as as he moves through the storyline becoming mm. more crotchety then becoming concerned and then mm. realizing jesus christ what have i brought back to the planet mm. because there is a lot of self-protection but also it's the realization that you know life on earth could be over in a couple of weeks i think if he hadn't worked they would have replaced him and i think he yeah. works very well in that film so i, I you know it, they I think needed, it's also they needed an american actor for yeah. the american market and that's understandable because you're going to market such a film you need to get the returns on it and also i suppose that's the other thing the, the whilst there were quite a few other american actors available the, they probably wouldn't have been old enough i mean there is a certain argument that says that professor quatermass should be an older actor which is where the jason fleming version suffers a little yeah but I think but for the nature of that production or the running around, you couldn't really have you know, got somebody 10, 10, 15 years old. It would have knackered them. Basically. Creek, creek, creek. Well, it's yeah. interesting. You sort of kind of think, oh, you know, it, say they'd cast Capaldi at that stage, although he wasn't well known enough at that point and was thinking of giving up his acting career you know, before uh, Thick of It took off. He, uh, he you know, he, it would probably have knackered him as well. You know? Yes. Yeah, no, I get that. I also wanted, getting back to Quake Mass Experiment, though, I wanted to give a quick nod out for uh, a little bit because I love this stuff. It's the stuff I love. I, I, we talked about this when we talked about the Blue Lamp as well. It's this Lost Worlds thing. You get Bray Garage. 
Yes, I love the fire engines. I always love that. They're going. I up. love the bit where they pull into the field and one of them nearly takes the gate post. Oh, off. And, and the woman is a bit too close, and you think because <laughs> there's a cut, and you don't quite see the fire truck nearly squash her. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, there's some there's some brilliant stuff, and it's yeah, it's the local fire service at Bray. Quite. Well, you literally. also get the idea, don't you, of what the 1950s emergency services looked like. I mean, I know yeah. you've got a vested interest in in how that looks generally, but it's it's fascinating to see just how they would have responded you know had a had a, a dud nuclear weapon landed on the outskirts of london in a field that's precisely how they would well, have handled the ambulances and two fire appliances <laughs> i love the way that one comes in and it's the lad on the back and they're furiously ringing the bell yeah. <laughs> i'm on i'm on a different film, world on a film, brother. <laughs> and it's 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 just such a different world it's fantastic i la- also like the fact when that when they're in the supposedly in the streets of london which was all filmed around windsor especially with a chemist shop and the railway viaduct which that that scene actually worries me more when he's climbing the ladder mm. to go up that railway diabat because if you look it's so tall that they've actually roped together two ladders yeah. And I'm thinking that's going to snap in a minute. It's going to just plump to his death. But yeah, as you say, it's a lost world. And where do all these people come from? Oh. <laughs> where the hell do all these people come from? Oh, the, the, the Bray Studios. <laughs> where, well, I mean, they're, they're all the way through the town of Bray. That's watched mm-hmm. it, them go through, right? They'd have shot that one night, I expect. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to set up for a sort of a, a couple of days for the shoot in the field. And I'm thinking, do you think they got the locals to say, come along and watch them make a film? But like Carnival you, Day. Don't forget this yeah. in the fifties. You know that was that was the most fun anyone ever well, had. That was yeah. the most excitement going on in that area. Yes, it probably was. If you know your rocket engineering, the rocket looks a bit, you know, with the big fins and everything. You know, oh, I no. mean, but that was the fifties idea. Typical nineteen fifties idea of a rocket, isn't it? It's it's, yeah. it's the it's the well, we the only thing we've got to go by is it's sort of a V two, isn't it? And also, you've got all this this gimbling, which the the capsule inside must have been honourable. Did you notice actually when they go inside the capsule? I know we move on a bit from this. Actually, how they, you know, when they do the, when they show the, when they developed the film that was shot. Oh yeah. But did you notice how they do exactly the same walk round that Kubrick did yes. in two thousand one? Yes. Yeah, I, I picked that up. I thought, God, that that's that's 2001. That's that's how that scene where the uh, stewardess walks around on the Velcro slippers. That's that's it. That's yeah. that's the way. Yeah, just Kubrick. Uh, uh, Val, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Guest, um, how did you do that walking up the wall thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing how much is taken mm. away and used in other films and the influences it has on things and it seems a sumptuous film as well i i like the the use of the locations um there's very little in the way of studio work to a certain mm. extent there's there's most of it was <laughs> i always laugh and say well it's filmed at bray studios and they show this picture of this sort of country house and you can imagine them sat in a sat in a large sort of drawing room, just filming Quatermass experiments. I mean, what I love, I, I there's the whole sequence in the hospital, uh, which again is very effective. But there's yeah. the kidnap sequence, which is is the, the escape plot and the the sort of communist subplot is all a lot of it is contracted for this. But basically, you get Judith's escape plot. I I still like to think that in that old banger that. I think she's still screaming out there somewhere. Well, there's an interesting story. That's not that is her scream. Mm. 
Margia Den uh, Dean is her name. I... She was a film producer's girlfriend, mm. uh, although she was an awful actress. Mm. And she's dubbed. Oh right! I didn't realise this till the other day. She is dubbed. <laughs> oh, Victor, my love, my dearest. She yes, it's all by the one from Planet of Spiders, was she? <laughs> But the only thing that is genuine about it is because she could scream her lungs out. Right. So that's that's genuinely her screaming. Still sitting in that car. Yes, screaming ahead of. She'd be a bit hoarse, bless her, wouldn't she? <laughs> but that that scream is horrible. Yeah, I like a good scream in in a in a horror movie, and that's a bloody good scream because yeah. it's it's just what the is going on in this car? Well, the the escape sequence after the after the uh, the the uh, cactus. Yes, but the, the uh, thing is, to me is that the whole sequence with the nurses changing shifts. Uh, and I, what I love is the fact that you know, because of the way of sets, I actually think that it's wonderful that basically the lifts are all just a piece of cardboard slide. <laughs> and I love the way the effect they would use is uh, bringing a shutter down to so the lighting. But what you need to do that they forget to tell them to do is when the light shutter comes down, you need to bend your knees because <laughs> it looks on the outside that they've just lobbed your head off <laughs> as the lift's going down. So well, there's some lovely good. business in that, isn't it? You know, the, the chap who who was going to come and would have caught him, but then then he sees the two nurses, and then suddenly it becomes one of those doctor on the go films. Yeah. Would you like to come out for a Chinese? Which I thought, oh, oh, oh that was an entire, a Chinese meal. Okay. Again, I, I think it's sometimes interesting. I, I've been watching a lot of uh, stuff recently that's twenty, thirty years old, and you forget actually. You, you forget how long certain references have been around. You know, when I say when I was watching um, a, a sitcom from the 90s, you think, oh, they've got all these gadgets that I thought were new. <laughs> and I think it's the same thing. You think Chinese restaurant in in in, in, in the 1950s? Is that yeah, a thing? You know, yeah. But, no. but obviously it was, and and you know, rightly so. So that they were being you know referencing it, but but your your brain just sort of goes, oh crikey, you know, this is common everyday yeah. parts this is a perfectly understandable thing that the audience would have understood and yet uh, you know now we're looking at it going well that feels anachronistic to me but that is it that's again that's all part of it i mean the, the, again the the fact that um that karoon seems to sort of be obsessed with the cactus oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. a fascinating thing but we also get lovely uh jack warner jack warner doing his uh well his impression avuncular whistling please that's a lovely term isn't it avuncular and his and his electric shaver you notice later on when he's worked all night he's unshaven <laughs> i hadn't noticed that yeah unshaven jack warner uh, is i know he was, he was a big man on payday <laughs> so but, but, that was, but that was why they had to have the electric shaver i think to uh, sort of prove he could have between shots he could have you know how he spruces himself up but and he and that bit with his you know, with the wife it's always the, the wife, wife yeah the wife. Uh, when, when, oh, I don't know whether we'll have any tea, dear. I'm just going to put my tie on again and off we go again. I've only just got home. La, la. It's, again, it's, it's a little bit of business. And I think that's the nice thing that uh, when you think about Neil's 
TV scripts, there was always a little bit of character business. Yeah. And I do think that the little bit of character business that you get, there's not much room in the script for that. And yet it's there and, and you do get some, you know, just real human moments. I, I, one of the tragic moments in this is the, is the chemist because the chemist tries to help. Yeah. And he's just trying to be helpful. And he, and he's locked up his shop for the night. And, you know, you think this is why you never let anybody in after you've closed for the day. But, um, but he lets him in and he's trying to help him. And of course he gets horribly killed. And you know who he is, don't you? Go on. His dad from Emmerdale Farm. I had to pause at Farm. I yes, didn't even say It's Emmerdale Farm. And you knew him from yeah. somewhere. I hadn't... Uh, no, that that's quite an interesting moment because, as you say, he's ten. Oh, Asher, you got Asher. Asher, come. Oh. <laughs> what happened then? <laughs> no. no. Yeah, you get Asher. Asher comes on and tw- and switches off the internet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So you get that scene uh, where, where you, she's pushing her pram down and you think, oh, dear me, that's that's. And you just think, God, it's bloody Jane Asher, you know, yeah. and and that time she's of recording, she's still she's still with us and could probably talk about this film in much greater depth than you or I could. You know, <laughs> it must have been fascinating. I, I always think that's a longer scene than it is. But what always strikes me now is because uh, Victor sleeps on the boat overnight, he breaks into a yeah. boat and sleeps, is that shot with all the ships on the Thames. Oh, yes. It, you know, with all those massive ships on the Thames. And you just think, again, that's another completely lost world, you know. Yeah. All the people ringing in and saying they've had sightings and they've had them all over the place, but hers is a genuine one. And of course, the scene with Thora Heard. Oh, Thora Heard is the, the oh, my legs. with the gin goblins. Gin goblins. Oh, God, yes. They pop up in these films. It's like Sidney James turning up in Quatermass 2, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But you see, this is the thing. I mean, what strikes me specifically about the scene with Jane Asher, and it's it, it's it smacks of you forget how impoverished people and you know, that kid yeah. i mean well, she's got a broken doll and a, a knackered old pram and that's her toys yeah. and she goes and has these imaginary tea parties you know and it's just it's just bizarre you when people sort of look back on this glorious golden age of the 50s and you think this is what the kids are scrawling around in slums you know they're just, nothing they're, they're, they're yeah. playing in they're, they're feral almost because they're yeah, playing i think in she bomb was a, shelters and, i think she was just a bit too posh to play with those kids oh, she was well them. posh wasn't she she's, <laughs> well, she's doing her bloody actress said, voice <laughs> Go, go away, go away. You know, you're not playing with us. We want to play with our guns on the. On the <laughs> Would you like to join us for a cup of tea and a slice of cake? <laughs> well, Marsh. no, I'm going to lob, I'm going to lob my rubber arm at you and take yeah. your doll's head off. And then she's like, oh, the doll's head. She's there's that bit where she's cradling the hand in one, and, and then the rest of the baby in, in the in, and she's just looking at it, and then looking up at him. And that's when he saunters away. Well, he doesn't walk, does he? He oh, sort of Victor, Victor still has, Yeah, he's starting yeah. to transform. But he still has the only humanity. thing that stops him from killing that child is there is that there's that little bit of humanity. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I mean, he does he doesn't. I'm not gonna say suck her off. That's the bad way of putting it. But he doesn't suck out her life essence in like we see with other people. I mean, the actual uh, the makeup jobs on the, the the certainly the nurse in the lift, but also oh. chemist are both very effectively done. I you know used, well, used a real skull for that, didn't they? Mm, yeah, it's, yeah it's but exceptionally but, good. But it, it is an effect. You know, that sort of desiccated 
sort of reduced oh, yeah. humor. I mean, I, it reminds me a little bit of uh, our old favorite, the Space 1999 Dragon's Domain, but it also reminds me a little bit of the husks in Planet of Evil. The same kind of that kind of desiccate instant desiccation of the human form from, you know, life down to sort of you know, virtual husk, I think is a it's a very frightening image. And again, I think you can trace that back to to quite a mass experiment. This growth on the face, half plant, half. Look at this. Look what it's done. The whole tissue structure is eaten away. The bones powder. Well, it takes care of my supper tonight. Briscoe. What if there is a form of life in space? Not on some planet, but just drifting. All right, Nance. Not life as we know it. With intelligence, yes, but pure energy with no organic structure. Invisible. Invisible? Now, the rocket passed through its path. It entered the rocket. It found living specimens of our form of life. Cell organisms. Human. Green and Russian arm. And Karun. Exactly. Now... If even by accident it could enter one of those structures, what a way to invade the earth. Yeah, that, that, that idea of that corruption, mm. decomposition, it's just to the touch. There's nothing there. It's just absorbed it out. It terrifies out the now you can imagine, I mean, I know we're all sophisticated now and people watch his film and say, oh, well, it looks a bit silly and everything like that. You know, sophisticated modern audiences would find it's all a bit twee and a bit whatever. Well, if you're sat in a dark auditorium yeah. watching that, you've, you, the rest of your senses are, are locked onto that, aren't they? I just think that 50s audiences would have just gone, what the actual, you know, they would have genuinely found that disturbing, I think. And and it is still disturbing if you're in the right frame of mind to watch these films with an open mind. I think it's it's a it's a genuinely disturbing thing that you see. And then that's what probably gave it its X certificate. The, <clears throat> we move on to a sequence in the zoo. Now, the oh, thing... What, a real zoo as well. Chessington, that was. Uh, where we get Gerald Campion. <laughs> hey, yes. <laughs> Uh, who uh, may or may not have once nearly been Doctor Who back in the 70s, I think it was. What I like about this zoo sequences, again, is it's it's very underplayed. But do you get that scene, you know, where Karun is in the bushes or becoming the bushes? Just see his eye. Just see his eyes. The last the glimpse you get. Yeah, the last the slice of his humanity mm. is there. And that was greyed off. So you removed all of the mouth, anything. And it was just the eyes. And, and it didn't matter how much they lit it up, it still looked bloody disturbing because you can imagine like a bench in front of there, couldn't you? Mm. And it was like a couple sat on there because that was the the uh, the original Quatermass experiment. There was the couple sat on a bench looking mm. at a bush, wasn't there? Going, isn't there something in that bush? Mm. And and they're looking. And but that yeah, that 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 face, mm. and you got the eyes just piercing straight through. It's horrible, isn't it? Because it's waiting. It's waiting for the zoo to close, and then mm. it's going to have it's going to have its dinner. Because it couldn't get to munch on Jane Asher. He's basically thought, "I'll have a, I'll have a bit of tiger. <laughs> I'll have a bit of leopard. I don't think I'll, <laughs> I'll have a little tiger bread. A bit of tiger, a bit of leopard, a bit of lion, a bit of lion. Yeah. <laughs> it's like as much as you can eat. All, all yeah. you can eat buffet." Ooh, penguin aperitif, sir. Well, why oh, not? thank you very much. <laughs> the other thing is the animals are, are, are decomposed. 
Joint mm. decomposition the animals is very. We were watching very that on well. Sunday, and and my partner sort of leaned across and said, "I hope they're not real animals, those bodies." And I said, "Well, it's the fifties, possibly." <laughs> they possibly are. Yeah, that mm. always disturbs me. It's looking at that lion, mm. that husk of that lion that's left. Yeah. Well, that's basically you... that's basically again visual, you know, in you know, whatever if you want to call it script writing terms, that's basically saying that's our strongest beast that's the king of the beasts yeah. and basically this new whatever it is that we still haven't really seen it, it whooped his ass basically <laughs> and there's that that um cellophane mm. almost cellophane sort of oh the the, the trail this the trail the, the slug the... trail which again i mean if you think about things like ark in space or and, and doctor who and you know that, you know the the um the slime trail that's left to a lesser extent it's not quite as effective in twin dilemma but the slime trail that the grubs leave in in uh, nerva yeah, beacon yeah. in the oh, space, yeah. that 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 has a similar feel to it you can tell i can always tell that robert holmes has seen all these films <laughs> <laughs> there's always a scene in it that makes me think ah there's a robin oh, ah. yes and then they find that creature mm-hmm. and there's that low perspective of the camera looking mm-hmm. up at the actors and you're thinking from the point of view of the creature and we mm-hmm. don't know what they've got there and i think that's a, it's a very yeah. effective thing you, you get i mean you get sort of ideas of i mean the the escape in the lab uh, sequence which i referenced oh, earlier yeah. also makes me think of alien as well for you know there's some similar you know when that when they're probing the the sample and everything like that and it it, it again the, the influence on alien is in there you know we also i, I forgot to mention uh, the thora heard scene is with sam kid yeah sam kid you know one of our emus actors that always plays bit parts i feel the klaxon is in order <laughs> i think actually i'm writing it down now sam kid <laughs> klaxon i was sitting in a door i see because i wasn't feeling so well and the doctor says that too much walking's bad for my legs it's for legs you see you were sitting in a doorway right? just for a minute or so when suddenly i heard a kind of rustling it was rustling. so i looked and there at the end of the street I saw something move. Something enormous. What move, Rosie? But I couldn't make out the shape properly. I used to make out the shape of these things. Think carefully, Rosie. Was it this something? Was it walking quickly or slowly? Walking? It was kind of crawling. Up on a wall. Wasn't like any of the things that I'll see on Saturday nights. No, Rosie, I think this time you really saw it. Give me the yard. Well, cancel it. This is a priority. Really, Soris? You mean that this time it's not a halluc- It's not a gin goblin? No, Rosie. This time it was real. Real? It's my legs! <laughs> his, um, his, his, his son mm. has a appreciation society. He runs a sound kid mm. appreciation society, and he's produced a couple of books on his dad's work. But, yeah, he is, he is the face of British films. And, and to a, late, a later part of his life, television, really, in the 70s, wasn't he? Indeed, yeah. Well, yeah, but all over the place. Again, another one of those faces, a bit like Michael Ripper, weirdly, uh, you know, or yeah. just, just, I mean, he's in uh, Queen West 2, isn't he, Michael Ripper? But it's, again, it's just these faces that turn up all the time. We move on. Uh, despite a lot of you know, the science in the lab, which, again, is I, it 
it's very it re reminds me very much of other films but we move on to the denouement which is the westminster abbey denouement uh where uh, where we get gordon jackson Yay! a very how young is gordon oh, jackson well he, he does he does a lot of running he does a lot of running that you would have been proud of Bodie to run at that speed when he dashes out of the uh out of the uh, broadcast van to see what the hell's going on with his and they've nicked this they must have nicked this broadcast van from the bbc oh you see the old bbc yeah it's an old bbc outside broadcast van. Well, you see, van, yeah. but you see one of the wheels the cameras on pram wheels that yes you, you it, actually it, get to see one it's yeah ah, you know i love that, that though yeah what's happened what's happened looks like a body kill transmission line globe pull in will you i'll get back as soon as possible tell presentation I mean, again, if you've got any interest at all in how old telly is made, the uh, the stuff in in the actual film of Quatermass Experiment, it, there's a, you can see that actually the BBC have given them some advice on this. You know, yeah. huge pneumatic tires, aren't they? <laughs> oh, dear me! But and yeah. you look at it and you think, wow, technology in those days. And I think actually, I think it's a it's a very clever piece of filmmaking to have the reveal take place on a television screen of the of the monster yeah. i just think that is is a very good way of of revealing your monster but you know but it's but it's you're not seeing it and then suddenly the tv camera sees it and they're all going what's that you know quick fill in lime grove yeah oh well wow, yeah again yeah I mean, that would have been so common back in the... I mean, the, the audiences in the cinema would have... Ha, 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 it's hilarious. Yeah. We all look at it now and go, think, who oh, have a primitive... You know, where's my potter's wheel? But um, but again, because he tells them to fill in twice, doesn't he? Yes. And of course, that's another thing, is that this bloke is making one of those television shows that the 50s BBC made that you just... Yeah, yeah. Oh, anybody would ever watch. You had one channel, <laughs> and they're making a program about some old fart talking about Westminster. It's about the restoration of Westminster oh. Abbey, and God, it was boring when they started it. You can say, jeez, God, it's dry. And they were going, <laughs> it was live! It's a live transmission! And you're going, oh my God! quality feel the quality and again you get that wonderful uh wonderful thing about the bbc the bbc but the british is they've just seen this monster in the television <laughs> and there's no cause for alarm oh damn quick lock the camera off okay let's <laughs> <laughs> sit and watch it <laughs> and we get some wonderful wonderful old power station footage of them charging the boosters and somebody has to stand there next to a big old lever rumor that's gone around that the photographs that they the the, the, the filming that they do where all the lights get switched off mm. was arranged with as by a worker they bribed a worker at battersea power station to switch right. certain store so, no. stores or streets <laughs> lights off at the time and apparently they got it all wrong and they 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 blacked out half of london that's a that's a load of old rubbish and as yeah, for the urban myth yeah a myth, myth. Uh, unless as this week on mythbusters what a load of stuff <laughs> says warren dodge. he's and, got people he knows people you know people <laughs> and as for those levers that they turned the, the the power off with. They were in the the upper gantries in blimmin the, in the studios, so they were definitely not the power station. 
Battersea Power Station. I just like the idea that we can kill it with something as simple as electricery. I mean, I know that the you know the script, uh, the original TV scripts were much more cerebral, and and yeah. he, he appealed to the humanity inside the monster, and that sort of was attempted when they remade Quidmas Experiment in was it 2005, the live version. But actually, you know, I think for this kind of film, zapping the big ass monster before it gets to spawn is probably the way to go quite frankly especially uh, it, if you've got a cinematic audience i think it is. and and they don't hang about do they? i mean that's the other no. thing about these films you don't get 20 minutes of introspection afterwards you know pretty much you are you know the, the monster's blown up and that's it's not the end of the film but it's not far off but and what amazes me is where the hell do they find this cabling at short short notes <laughs> it's a television they got a, yeah, but this is um, electrical, massive, great, because this great big drum appears, doesn't it, of high-tension high electric cable. What are they going to do? Well, they've got a three-pin plug on the end of it. But it's, it's, I, I, the thing is, within the, the, the story, it, it all makes sense. You've got these yeah. big power generators because of the television and, and everything like that. And it, and it is, it, it, it basically, the monster gets zapped. And, you know, I, I, okay, the flames, you know, don't give it the 20 foot scale, but, you know, it. Well, there's a story behind that. And, and that being when they saw the monster, because mm. it was a mixture of plastic and tripe. <laughs> and, um, and when they said, well, how are we going to kill it? We'll just have it writhing with a sound effect. No, mm. you have to have something more visual. We have to show it's dead. We have to have flames. Mm. Well, nowadays ILM would put a load of those blue sparks all over it, wouldn't they? For, yeah, you know, yeah, and like it was given an eye as well because originally mm. it wasn't going to have an eye. In fact, they weren't going to show much of the creature at all, a la, mm. a la sort of the original TV. And and Hammer went, no, you can't do that. This is this. <laughs> we'll get ripped apart. People will not watch it. They want to, to see the monster. Mm. They want to see the monster. That's what they paid there. Well, that it's funny because you get that close up of the monster, which is a, obviously a different model, and that's really quite you know it's kind of like it's fish the eye that does it on that yeah. yes um that was that was they wasn't originally going to have one and they thought yes we need to give it an eye to give it some kind of humanity and also the scream that it lets out is a distorted human scream when it, when well that's the three astronauts isn't it really i mean that's yeah. the, the idea of that is that you get the idea i mean we do sort of we do get a moment to mourn the loss of victor we realize that this is actually victor that's been electrocuted yeah. you know this is our hero the national hero who who was going to be on the front pages and everything like that and the first man in space and the first man to successfully return from space and all that kind of thing uh you know we didn't do that to neil armstrong did we you know we, <laughs> we didn't electrocute him. you know it you know he didn't he didn't but then again he didn't turn into a, a big cactus into a great big creature that was going to destroy the planet the, what, but what strikes me is because uh, in the end what we get is this it's quite iconic is we get these shots of Quatermass they get you get the tapping of the footsteps uh, oh, the glass you know, on, on, shot you mean of him walking no, well, across the bridge well you just the get these, the these these the foot the, it's the feet on marble of Westminster Abbey oh Westminster Abbey yes and and this out, is it. Yeah. everything is is all about people with this is the fifties people with proper shoes. Not, yep. not in, nobody in train, no squeaks here, mate. These are proper shoes on proper proper on floors. Proper floors, yeah. yeah. Good, sir. Might have been here sooner. Is there anything I can do? Yes, boys. Gonna need some help. Help, sir? What are you gonna do? Gonna start again. And I noticed something about this is that 
you notice it throughout the film, Quatermass never runs. He no. walks with he purpose. Walks even when yeah. he's, he, I mean, you know, even Jack Warner runs when he's suddenly, oh, bloody hell, I've got to get out of here. To get to, but, um, you know, he just turns Quatermass, and walks calmly away. Quickly, but walks. Yeah. And and then he sort of says so you know and and he won't talk to anybody. He all passes by all these people. Doesn't say a word to anyone. Then uh, his assistant sort of says so. So what are you going to do? And he goes start again. Rocket takes off in the background. And that's it. We get we get the shot now. I assume that that last shot of the film isn't the Great Mass Two rocket because that didn't actually get off the ground. (laughs) So presumably that's just either a flashback to the first rocket going off or it's just a very strong image to end the film. But it's 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 immaculate I, I i genuinely think you know i like my quatermass I, I i adore all versions of the quatermass stories i think they all have something to offer and you know quatermass and the pit the tv version for me is is the pinnacle but actually because i know we can't see the whole television version of quatermass experiment and so this is the only version we got of it from the era about the year it was made the the tv series was made so it's a lot of it must sort of play on a shared memory of what the tv serial was like but it's just it's just a good film and it's a good idea making a good film and it's a good you know it's a clever script it's a clever idea and i just think yeah it's it's a cracking 80 minute horror movie Next time on this Yuletide Cinematic Sausage. Wait a bus. I'm here. Can't see you. Wait a bus. It burns. This is the food. And it burns. It must be. The thing's turned on them. They use them to stop the flow of oxygen. That pipe has been blocked with human pulp. No. Inside those domes are creatures from outside this earth. Are you mad? I've seen them. Thousands of tiny creatures that can join together and expand into things a hundred feet high. Do you want to talk about Quinemus too?